Good morning, everybody. This is Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. I am so blessed to see you guys today. We are live from downtown Minneapolis, and let me just tell you I'm so excited. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, any of that stuff, please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, if you're watching on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, thank you and God bless. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I'm fired the freak up. I'm fired up, not just because we have an awesome guest, but I'm fired up because God is amazing. I'm gonna, I'm choosing to be excited right now. I'm choosing to be excited because I prayed for confirmation, and dadgummit, I know I got it this morning. I know it, I know it, I know it. I say all the time on here, you, you know, like when something like out of the blue just pops in your lap, and it's so exciting, and you're just going, okay, this is too good to be true. Like, have you ever related? Have you ever, ever had like a chance meeting or had something happen in your life where you're just going, okay, this is too good to be true. This is too good to be true. Too good to be true. Have you had that happen? But then it was too good to be true? That's my life. And every time I watch this, the intro video for, for Gratitude Unfiltered, which I, I love, thank you, Lauren Harris. But every time I see it, I, what I'm seeing is photographs from the journey, and it makes me just want to weep. It, it makes me want to weep, and I and I and it's been God. It's been quite a journey, and there's been so many times I've been right there, right at that line, looking at the finish line, going, or or, or a peak, like a certain peak in the mountain, like you know that goal point, that end point, and and it's and then something's happened. But I am choosing to believe today 
and I and the, whether it's a confirmation from the devotional that was sent to me or the other devotionals that I was reading this morning when it was talking about humble beginnings and don't don't be afraid of the small beginnings and and how you do one thing is how you do everything and and so do the little things like do the little things like they're big things so that when the big things come you're ready for it and dad gummit father god i am ready i'm so ready like i'm ready and i believe that this chance meeting is the meeting that changes everything i made some bold declarations uh January, like after the new year and i'm believing today <laughs> that god is answering a prayer in the most magnificent way and i can't wait to just share it with everybody so now that i've got that out of the way good morning hope you guys are doing well good evening if you're watching overseas somewhere or if you're watching on the replay thank you now i'm really excited about our guest paul bean uh, i had the opportunity to meet paul right before he was going on stage in phoenix arizona i was the mc for an event um shout out to don Fawcett. And uh, for Think React Lead, Speaker 33, of course, I forgot the name of that event that we were at. It doesn't matter. I remember meeting this next gentleman, and we just hit it off immediately and got in this conversation. And then all of a sudden, like, God was brought up. And when you go to events like this, and those of you who've ever been to motivational speaking events or any of that stuff, it's typically very secular in nature. You know, some people may hint about God, but very few people are willing just to go... Jesus is my savior. Very few people are willing to do that. I do it all the time. It's just kind of my thing, but it's also probably why I don't get invited back to speak at many stages, because I always talk about Jesus. I can't help it. But this man, this man set the tone for a revival that broke out through a motivational speaking conference. Like he just, his whole speech was about God. And it set the tone because it gave everyone else permission to share their faith at a secular event. To me, that is a leader. To me, that is a guy that I want to be side by side with and, and, and fight the everyday battle. So I am honored to introduce to you the one, the only, Mr. Paul Bean. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? What's going on, brother? It's quite the introduction. Thank you so much, man. Man, I'm so fired up. Uh, really quick, Katie Ray, good to see you. Michelle, good to see you. JP, my man, good to see you. Sharon Ann, Roni, Susan Day, Wesero, God bless you guys. My lovely wife, Jessica, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. Paul, what are you grateful for today, my man? Oh, life, man, just life. I, you know what I'm really grateful for? I'm grateful that that uh, that I have a second chance, right? I'm grateful that, that God uh, helped me take a look within and that he redeemed me from uh, my selfish, wicked ways that were were once, uh, you know, a hindrance and a hurt and a pain for others and myself, including. Um, and, and that now he helps me serve others. And it's, it's not a selfish act. It's a selfless act, right? And I'm not perfect. None of us are. We all make mistakes. We all have our struggles in life. Um, but even for those, I'm grateful because... I, I know without a doubt that the struggles that I've been through, the struggles that I go through, the adversities that we face, they're there to refine us. They're there to strengthen us. And our God is a faithful God. He'll continue to work through those things uh, so long as we do our part, which is very simple uh, in one sense of the word, 
but it's not so simple all the time because we're humans. The one thing that we, we have to do is surrender, surrender and submit. And when we do that, one simple little thing, it, it's called falling to your knees, throwing your hands up and surrendering. <laughs> um, but it goes against our human nature because we want to be in control. We want to be in charge. We want to feel like we have all the answers. Uh, but eventually we become weary. We grow tired. Um, and at that point in time is when we can say, you know what? I, maybe I don't have this. God, it's you. <laughs> so, yes, I'm grateful for life. Uh, just came back from getting tested for COVID. It came back positive. Uh, been feeling a little bit rough. And so another guy that I was with over the course of the weekend tested positive. So I was like, well, I better go get tested. Well, so my wife is up there being tested now. Uh, we've both been feeling a little under the weather. So you know what? Even for that, I am grateful. I'm grateful that I get to be here for the next 10 days, quarantined with my family. And speaking to you and the world uh, through this wonderful thing that we call technology. You know, we're blessed, right? <laughs> you got to love it. Well, first of all, I'm you know, praying for you to get well, like to be well, like to be done soon. Um, that's kind of scary. You're actually the first person I've met that has COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely out there. Golly, man. Um, I want to ask you something. So in the intro, I talked about how our first introduction was you setting the stage. Sure. Everybody, you gave everyone permission to, to share their faith. But first of all, what gave you the courage to, to do that. I mean, you kind of brought many sermon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> a lot of times what I've noticed is when I'm preparing for a message, God just, he, he just, I don't know if it's me, my life, or I'd like to think that it's God at work. Right. But as I'm preparing for a message, I'm this perfectionist and I feel like everything has to line up perfectly. Um, so I'll prepare and prepare and prepare. And then almost every time that I've spoke, um, my message or topic or whatever has changed the last minute, like literally hours before I'm supposed to go on stage, something captures my attention or I get on stage and I'm like, Oh, it just doesn't feel right to, you know, to, to present what I, what I had originally intended. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, um, that being said, it was no different for when we were at the command presence event. Uh, I had a, I had this message, this topic, the speech, whatever you want to call it, presentation. And on my way, it's like it's the, the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit wants to do, right? And if we surrender to that, uh, his power, his power is so much greater than our power. So even though I spent weeks preparing in advance, thinking about, okay, what could I do? What can I say? What, what's going to resonate with the audience? I don't even know who my audience is really, other than Dom Fawcett's folks, you know, their commanding presence and leadership and this and that. And uh, so anyway, I, I just got up there, man. And I feel like the Holy Spirit moved to me as I was on my way that morning, seen a couple of billboards on my way up to, uh, to the event and they really resonated with me. And then like your opening, like led right into me, like actually taking what was on those billboards and further developing that in my mind and my heart while I was speaking. And the other thing is, man, one of the, I've been on this path lately of like really trying to figure out how, 
I can present in a manner that uh, that captures both the Christian and the non-Christian. Yeah. Uh, and that really avoids the Christianese that we hear nowadays. There's so much Christianese out there, right? And it's, it's for me, even as a Christian, it's, it's just kind of, I'm like, ugh, like, like as a Christian, I get what you're saying, but, but does the dude down the road who's not a Christian, matter of fact, he opposes Christianity, does he really care? And are we really living in the world, but not being of the world? If we're just speaking Christianese, right? Like, so anyway, man, like I just got up there. Oh, what I was, where I was going with that is, uh, I don't like to speak Christianese. These cliche terminologies, of course, we're all guilty of it. We all do it. Um, because they're, the reality is the cliche stuff is real, right? Like it, it is truth, uh, but we've heard it so much that it's just become watered down. So, um, but the one thing that I cannot do when I'm speaking to people is deny who I am, what I've been through, and the way that I was able to make it through that. And for me, the way, the truth, the light is Jesus Christ speaking into my heart, speaking into my life, revealing certain things to me about myself, and then refining me, shaping me, molding me. And so it doesn't matter where I am. I just feel like if I'm not like at least letting people know where I'm coming from in my identity and where my message is coming from, if I don't at least uh, preface my speech with that, uh, I'm not living in integrity. And so yeah. I think that answers your question. Uh, I just felt compelled. And as I was up there sharing, I was like, you know what? Like, I mean, God's taking this. Like, this ain't me. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, every time I've been on stage and why it happens, and I don't even, I even, I've even said like, hey, I'll be easy on the Jesus stuff. <laughs> or, and then because I don't really script anything, and I start talking about what I've overcome, it's impossible for me not to talk about that encounter I have with the Holy Spirit. And and then it just, it pours out of me. So like, this is, I kind of, I got to put myself in a position where I needed to decide if I was gonna, if I wanted to make it in the secular world, I was gonna have to do it a certain way, or I was just gonna be what Jesus called me to be. And so I was like, well, I'd rather side with Jesus because trying to, please the secular world has never really worked out that well for me. Of course, trying to please Christians hasn't worked out either, but that's <laughs> so now I'm just going to do, I'm just going to both be obedient to the call that's inside of me. And, and I'm going to follow that and just trust that God's going to work everything out. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's, that is only, that's been my recipe for success. And you going back to what you said at the beginning was just getting rid of my will for his. Yeah. It changed yeah. everything. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think we, uh, each and every one of us, regardless of our maturity in our faith, we, we can easily fall to that. Well, that was me. That yeah. that's my power. You know, I did this. That's my strength. Well, that's true to a degree, but where did that strength come from and originate? And, and so I believe as Christians, we, we, we have to walk that line, right? It's, it's like, but it, the only way that I've found to really do it without <clears throat> claiming and owning uh, the, the credit is to just spit it out in the very beginning. From the very get-go, I got to let everybody know who I attribute this to, who I give credit to for this. Anything that comes out of my mouth after that 
has already been given credit to God, right? And then I can say, yes, this, it is me. It, it, it's how God created me. It's the strength and the power and the gifting that God has given me. <clears throat> and it's his Holy Spirit flowing through me. Um, so thank God for that, right? Uh, thank God that he's gifted me uh, in these certain ways. So when did you, so where'd you grow up at? So I grew up in a little town called Brownwood in Texas. Where's that at? So it's, I mean, central Texas. Like, uh, let's see, probably yeah. about an hour and 30 minutes uh, northwest of Austin. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right in the middle. Okay. Very cool. Now, did you grow up in a military family or like what got you to go into the Marines? And thank yeah. you for your service, by the way. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. It was an honor and a privilege. Uh, so, no, I didn't grow up in a military family. My stepfather was in the Army. Um, but honestly, that, that never even, uh, to me that never rang just cause we didn't have a good relationship. We didn't have, I mean, my childhood, I, my mother raised me till I was nine on her own and I felt like life was great. We were always spending time with our family. My mother took very good care of me. She worked hard, uh, you know, paid the bills, all that. Then nine years old, she got married and life kind of shifted, man. It was like the, the rug was just yanked out from underneath myself, uh, for sure. And so anyway, my stepfather was not the greatest example. So I never paid, gave much attention to the fact that he was in the military. Um, it never even really resonated in my mind. But when I was in high school, I realized I was like, okay, like I only have one shot at college because I'm not that smart and I don't make very good grades um, or I'm just lazy and, and don't make good grades, whichever way. So I'm not going to get a scholarship academically. So my only shot is to really bust my butt in football and try to get a football scholarship. Well, my senior high school, before we even started district play, uh, broke my ankle in practice. So that took me out of the game uh, for a scholarship for football. And so I said, okay, well, what's the next best thing? I was like, see these recruiters running around. I've talked to the recruiter a couple times. Didn't, didn't really give it much thought until I broke my ankle, I believe. Uh, or I'm trying to remember the, the exact order. But anyway, all that being said, I was like, okay, cool. Next best thing, military. They'll pay for college later on. They're going to make me, you know, a badass. They're, gonna, uh, they're going to take care of me for four years or 20 years or whatever I decide, you know. And so from there, I just, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do the military, I'm going to do the branch that gets the most credit, the branch that has the most, you know, the most respect because it's the most difficult, right? So I, did, I chose the Marine Corps. That's, that's literally how you chose? That's it. Yeah, I wanted to prove myself to myself. And then, uh, furthermore, you know, at that age, you're, we're, we're kind of thinking success looks a little different. We're kind of thinking that acceptance looks different, right? We're, we're thinking that the more people who know our name, the more widely accepted we are. Uh, well, for me, it was no different at that age. I was like, okay, cool. If people know that I'm a Marine, they're going to have respect for me, you know? Uh, but further, furthermore, beyond that, I was like, well, I just need to prove myself to me. I want to, I want to know that I'm the biggest, baddest dude out there. You know, and so that's, yeah, that it may not have been real great or real logical thinking, uh, but it, it was teenage thinking, you know, I was a teenager thinking a teenager who, who really didn't have a father figure, 
teenager who really didn't have anyone mentoring him, showing him how to be a young man. I was just a teenager out there trying to figure life out. How, what was the thing that surprised you most, like during your time as a Marine? I mean, you're once a Marine, always a Marine, but when you were in service, sure. what was the thing that surprised you the most about it? Um, I think the thing that surprised me the most about it was, it was just the fact that once you finally get to your unit, uh, unless you're a grunt, grunts work all the time. They're always in the field. But uh, for the most part, once you get to your unit, it's like a regular job. You go to work at eight in the morning, you get off at four in the afternoon, and you're off on the weekends. It is? Yeah, That's yeah. Depending on, depending on your, your MOS, yeah. Really? And then, of course, you, you have your, you know, you have your times where you do your, you go to the field for a couple weeks at a time, you do your workups, you do your training. Uh, for me, I was on the 2-6 MU, so we were always, um, we were always on ship for a couple weeks at a time as we were, you know, we'd go further and further out each time on the ship. Uh, we would practice our, our maneuvers and practice loading on the LCACs. Um, so, you know, you have six months where you're training for that. And then, of course, we were gone for nine months straight. Um, so there's always that, but while you're back home for the most part, I mean, it's like a nine to five job. Interesting. Why did you get out? Great question, man. Uh, so my first year in the Marine Corps was not that great. Uh, as excited as I was, I was stuck at, I was stuck at, uh, in wait or El Paso, Texas, um, on base there for a year. My schooling was only supposed to be three months long. Well, because there were so many uh, reservists going through at that time, what they do is they push the reservists through first because they don't want to have to pay them active duty pay uh, for, for any longer than they have to, right? So they'll bump them up in the classes and push them through. So I was there for a year. Um, and uh, I guess we waited, what, eight months before we ever started our class, our schooling. So I was always just on the weekends. I was going to Mexico. I was partying. And um, so anyway, I got in a little bit of trouble, you know, got in, got in a fight, got in trouble, um, got my rank taken from me, was put on barracks restriction, had extra duty um, for, let's see, I think it was 90 days. Yeah. Uh, barracks restriction and, and extra duty. So man, it was just like, uh, it was my fault. Like I can't blame anyone but me. Um, but the first year was just not the greatest year. Um, and so after that, it took a little while for me to actually, um, kind of recover from that, which I eventually did. And I believe had it been maybe another year or so, uh, that I had to stay in, I probably would have, would have decided to stay in completely. But at that point I, I was just kind of like, you know what, I, it was in my mind. It was like, okay, do I reenlist or do I get out? And for whatever reason, I was just like, man, I think I'm just going to go back home to Texas and and see uh, see where life leads once I'm back home. So you didn't even know what to do when you got out. You were just going to start over. Yeah, just starting over. Yeah, yeah. So I got out, and wow. I was. Well, my I, had, I think I. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just, uh, I think I had 60 days, uh, what they call terminal leave. Um, so I'd saved all my leave up. So I had two months where I was still getting paid. <clears throat> and, and so I knew I could go home and take two months to kind of chill out and figure out what my next steps were. Uh, 
And so I started out just welding. And then I ended up uh, getting a job in sales with a company called Centos. And from there, uh, I started with an a organization called New Horizons, where actually I worked with <clears throat> children who had been taken from their families uh, by CPS, uh, whether it was because the children were acting up or whether it was because the families were abusive or, or neglective. Um, so I worked for that company for six years, actually worked my way into management, um, really enjoyed it. But uh, uh, as life would have it, that kind of came to an end. Tried take take taking a stab at a, a, a auto detail and power washing business on my own. I was supposed to do that with a buddy of mine. He ended up kind of backing out. So it ended up just being me. That didn't uh, it didn't work out quite as I had planned. So I ended up going into the oil field and that was in 2012, 2013, I tore my Achilles tendon. Uh, so that let, that took me out of work in the oil field for a year. And so I landed in Austin, Texas, had a good buddy who sponsored me into a, a very intensive four month counseling program. And from there, he, he said, hey, uh, you know, come stay with us. We'll, we'll help you get on your feet. And so that's what landed me in the Austin area. And then 2014, I said, all right, well, may as well use my GI Bill and finish my degree. And, and from there, 2015 was when I started ManCap. 2016 is when I formed the True North uh, Man Organization. Yeah, let's talk about that. So okay. tell everybody about True, True, True North. Or True Man North? Yes, uh, True North Man. So True North Ministries is the 501. And True North Man is kind of the just the name we use. Okay. So how? what was the inspiration for that? Sure. Yeah, because I was a uh, – I mean, that the bottom line is I was a, a, an aimless man myself. Uh, I was aimless. I was selfish. I didn't understand life. And – um, I just knew that as I started surrounding myself with, with better men who could actually speak into my life, I started seeing, okay, this is a need. Like there's definitely a need here for, for men to speak into men and mentor men. Right. And so at that time I was at uh, Concordia university. So I was around young men all the time who were studying to go into ministry or whatever, uh, the, the program I was in, I got to meet a lot of guys who were going into ministry. Uh, but there again, as a young man, right, you, you just see things. You're like, well, uh, this guy could, should probably consider this. And anyway, I was also in a church, right? And I was going through a mentorship program uh, at the church. I, I ended up being on staff at the church, went through their, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, program or something? What's that? Like a discipleship program? Yeah, it was a discipleship. But then basically I had to raise funds to be on staff with them. Um and so, and that, that was just for the first year. And then after that, they hired me on. Um, and so basically I was attending a mega church and they weren't hosting anything for men as far as events, uh, retreats or anything like that. But every year they would host one for the women. And I was just like, man, like I'm, I really have, like, I want to be around other dudes and I want to go experience life at these you know, retreats or whatever with other men. I want to learn from them. I want to grow with them. Uh, and so anyway, I was just like, Leela and I at that time had bought 12 acres out in Florence, Texas, and with the intent to build. 
but there really was nothing out there. Um, so I was like, shoot, I'll just invite a bunch of guys out here. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll barbecue. We'll do some campfire praise and worship. We'll share testimonies. We'll talk about life. And from there, I, I guess we had about 15 guys come and go that evening. It, it was just one evening. Um, and then I was like, I think there's something to this. Like I need more of this. I know these guys need more of this, even if they won't say it. Uh, you could definitely tell it's, it's, um, it's re-energizing, revitalizing, it's encouraging and uplifting. So, uh, 2016, I hosted my second one and I, I decided to take it a notch up and do a little bit more. So we invited a band out, uh, had a speaker come out and actually, uh, do a message series. Uh, we actually had events where guys competed in different competitions. And basically, uh, the way I, the way I went about it was this was before I even read John Eldridge's book, wild at heart. But I was like, I was thinking in my mind, what does every man need? When, when I was thinking every man, I was thinking, what do I need? <laughs> right? I was like, cause I know there are a lot of dudes like me. I was like, all right, I want some competition cause I want to be challenged. Um, I want commu- the community aspect. I want the spiritual aspect. I want the praise and worship. Uh, so I just built these pillars, right? Music messages, um, meals, and I called it mayhem, which is the the uh, the, the events. I was like, those are my four pillars. I've got to have all four of these in order to have a good event. From there, it just kind of developed. We ended up creating squads. Now we have squad leaders. Uh, you know, there we, we have this whole process that we take guys through. But basically, um, it has evolved into this event where men come out, and it's like, okay, this is where we're going to put everything on the line. We're, we're not going to wear the mask. We're not going to wear the armor. We're coming out here. We're going to be authentic, vulnerable men that are opening up. And so part of that meant for us as a team that we had to learn, we had to figure out how we could establish trust uh, right off the bat from the very get-go. And so that starts with us just reaching out to men uh, who register uh, two weeks before the event even begins. Like, so they, they know who their leader is. They have certain tasks that they have to complete before they come to the event. Um, so anyway, uh, all that to say, the way Man Camp started uh, was simply from a desire for me to, number one, be able to learn from other men that I knew I could learn from. Number two, to be able to pass along the wisdom and life experiences that I had been through to other men that could benefit from anything that I had been through in life. Uh, so that is why man camp started. And then from there just created true North ministries, uh, which is the umbrella. So that's our nonprofit. Yeah, no, I, we're set up very similar. I mean, we don't have a, a man camp, but we have we're kind of the same way with live model worldwide foundation. And then we have our ministries and projects that we do. Yeah. Uh, so I get that. The, you have the mothership. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Okay, so I, I I think I shared this with you when we met, like one of the nights that we were at dinner, like the whole concept of going out and doing that, like a man camp like that and being around other men, like the thought of doing that for, I mean, most of my life up until maybe a year or two ago would have frightened me. Mm. I mean, out here I'm 6'2", 240 pounds, I'm kind of a menacing guy or can be. And yet I was very uncomfortable around other men. 
that could just do everything from childhood on. And I finally broke out of that. And so, but I also recognize how important that is where men can be vulnerable around each other because a lot, if you think about it, we, our generation, we grew up at a time where our more parents were divorced. So we grew up in a lot, like for instance, you, we grew up in a single parent home for the most part. So there's that void of a father. And where do you get it? I mean, obviously we have our heavenly father, but you still need men role models. You, you need, because it's a different relationship with women than, than what you can have with a mother figure. For you, what was the biggest shock? And I keep going back to this, but I'm sure there was a, some type of like a, a moment you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, at any of your camps, like that, that you kind of surprised you about the, the entire experience. Mm. You know, um, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, because there, there are so many, uh, there's so many moments throughout the course of these weekends that are just really, it's kind of like, I look at it and I'm like, man, is this real? Mm. Um, and still, even when I speak of the organization or our events now, like to me, and I don't know if this is God keeping me humble or what, but I don't look at it and say, look at what we're doing. You know, and I know that to a degree that's good. It's good, especially for marketing, right? Because you have to believe in your product. Um, but I would say that there's there's still a certain part of me that I don't want to say I don't believe in our product because I believe that what we do is absolutely reaching lives. Um, I don't know. There, there, there's just something there, though, that that keeps me uh, humble. And I don't. I don't boast about any of it, you know, um, but, but I would say, you know, some of the most surprising, I would say one of the most surprising or, or most powerful moments at our event would be our Saturday night, uh, what we call a ceremony. Um, and, and that's where we take men through this certain process of really just um, like getting rid of the crap that's holding them back. So basically they've had time to identify what we consider uh, integrity gaps and it's like, all right, I'm supposed to be this man, but I'm really being like this. So what's the what's the gap in between? What's keeping me from being this man and being this small man over here? And how do I get from over here to over here? Um, and, and so that is Saturday night. It's where these men go through this process of really um, latching on to a true identity. Uh, and it happens very quickly, very quickly because of the process that we go through. But it's like around this around this circle. Right. Like these men just uh, are able to, like, take hold of at least a couple of the things that God has really created them to be. Right. And it's what we call the I am statements, you know. Um, and, and so you're going around the circle and you're, you're saying, I am dot, dot, dot whatever God has put on your heart. And then we help them own that and create a plan to really walk forward with that. Interesting. What has been, have you noticed? So when people go to motivational speaking conferences or that the weekends, I'm not by saying like the Tony Robbins weekend or any of those other weekends, mm -hmm. 
we there's a they've done a study that shows like it's only like ten percent or something actually keep doing the work. Yeah. And did you take this when you were creating your plans and kind of the, how you were organizing this? Did you have that in mind? Did you try to create something that people would stick with? Or were you just like, this is how it's going to be. And if you don't stick with it, that's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, so at first it was like, yeah, we're just going to create this and it's like ready fire aim. Right. Um, it's like, let's, in a matter of, as a matter of fact, like, I think the the process just developed over the course of time. So like I said, I, I picked the four pillars initially. Um, and then over time, we developed the process. We said, we think there's something to this. We think we could do this. I think we could add this component. Let's take this thing out. And they were like, okay, we, I think we finally have it, right? And then from the feedback, what we started realizing was, yeah, like, we only have this event once every six months, you know, twice a year. And so it's like a booster shot. It's like a shot in the arm, right? You, you get this, this hit, this high, and then you walk away and it's like life kicks you in the face and, you know, you kind of let go of that stuff because the reality is if we're going to pick up new habits in our lives, if we're going to pick up uh, new ways of operating in life so that we can be better and do better. Um, it takes time. It's a process, right? So that is one of the things that we've been working on. I currently host what I call a mastermind group on uh, Tuesday nights uh, that men can be a part of. And every month we go through a, a certain topic of the month and we'll have challenges and we help create plans. We, we help hold each other accountable and stuff like that. And so, um, from the event, that is one of their options is to go into the mastermind group so that they can get continual touch points with these men who have been through the same thing that they've been through. Uh, and the other thing we're doing now is we're starting to host more events in between each of the, the bigger events, so smaller events. Like this coming Saturday, uh, I've got a couple guys who are hosting a tactical day for us. So we've got a, a lot of our guys on our team are, are veterans. Uh, matter of fact, we, we have a number of guys who, who are special forces. And so we actually, we're going to host a tactical day and start training people um, with their firearms, you know, because there's a lot of people running around with uh, these concealed carry license. But the reality is, man, they don't get enough trigger time. They don't know much about their firearms. Um, and so the thing that we would like to do is it's just another touch point, right? We just, Maybe we have a Devo and then we go into the tactical day. We go into the training where these guys get, they get, uh, they get knowledge-based training where it's kind of like uh, lecture-based, but then we're going to put it into practice and then we're going to compete on the end of it. Um, and then there's, we're going to do some social events. We're going to do some chili cook-offs. We're going to do some, we have a, a fundraiser that our, our, our uh, what's it, what do we call them? Uh, oh, goodness. Connections and Resources Director uh, came up with this idea. It's called a Ruck Raiser. And so it's a fundraiser event where we're going to do like a rucking competition. Wait, um, what's rucking? Oh, rucking is like hiking with a pack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's military lingo. Holiday Inn, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to change that, I think. <laughs> what, what, what's that? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I said I'm gonna have to change that. I think I I've been camping one time in my life. If that oh. so, I didn't know anything. Yeah. 
You're gonna have to come out to our event, brother. I want to. I do like. I do like to get dirty, and I I like doing all of that. I just haven't really. My father, we went to the golf course and we went to sporting events, so I didn't do any of the outdoor stuff really. Yeah. So I, I need to do it eventually. Like Absolutely. Need to need to go do this and do manly things like change yeah. the tire. <laughs> Come on out, brother. We, we'd love to have you for sure. No, uh, I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so so on the topic of um, you know the processes, um, part of it is us saying. Um, okay, there's some things we're going to have and dudes are just going to have to deal with it um, because we're the ones doing the testing. We're the ones doing the studies, right? We're the ones uh, doing the research and trying to figure out what methods are work best or we're the ones taking our experiences saying, all right, this worked for us. Has it worked for other people? And so there are some things that we incorporate. We're just like, this is just how it is. But then we always accept feedback. And so that that's one of the pieces of feedback we've had is you have this life-changing moment, right, at our event. But then from there, you're kind of left to your own devices in the past. So we are now uh, picking up the ball and, and trying to do better with that. Also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm going to be creating some courses and stuff that will take guys through, uh, you know, probably like six-week courses and such. Um, but, yeah, that is definitely on our heart is how can we continue to help these men not just walk away with a plan, but actually execute that plan. And when then life kicks them in the face, we can be a hand up for them to not give up. And, and, you know, cause we, we understand it takes time to adopt new habits, new patterns. Um, and, and we understand that we need to be the people to kind of come along their side and, and be in the trenches with them. Where, where are you doing these retreats? Yeah. So um, actually there's a little town called Mullen, Texas. Uh, it's central Texas. Again, we've got 32 acres out there. We've, uh, I mean, we have two gun ranges. Actually, we have three gun ranges. Um, we have an obstacle course that we've built. Uh, we have um, a camping area where all the guys, you know, pitch their tents and hang their hammocks and all that. We have an outdoor shower that we built. I don't know if you would consider it really a, a proper shower. It's just made out of pallets and a water hose. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we're 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 coming along, man. It's very primitive, very rustic, uh, but the heart of it is there. We have the team, we have the we have the content. We get guys out of their element. We pull them out into the wilderness where they can connect with God, you know, in nature. Um, we walk them through a process, man, and they compete. We wear them out on Saturday during the competitions. You know, there's physical competitions, there's mental competitions, um, intellectual competitions. So. Uh, it's not a, you know, anyone who comes out can experience something that they enjoy. Where now, aren't you wanting to open another location too? Like, did you say Alaska? Did I hear that? Yeah. So we, we will actually be hosting one in Alaska, uh, the last weekend in April. What's that going to be like? It's good. So it's going to be very remote. It's going to be on an Island, very secluded. You, you can only get to it by, uh, uh, a boat. Wow. Um, so we'll, we'll be, you know, we'll have guys on a barge. We'll be escorting them back and forth. Um, I think it'll be really cool. I mean, they, they have this island over there that where they host retreats. And so they've they've given us access to it and blessed us with, you know, being able to take a bunch of guys over there and we have the whole the entire island to ourselves. That is really, really cool, man. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, that excites me. I that's something just 
from the documentaries I've seen on Alaska, like that is a, I, I'd love to go there someday. That, that, that seems like a really cool trip. Yeah. So now you have a podcast and you started the podcast when we first met. Now, how many episodes have you done? I think this, uh, this week dropped the 15th episode. Wow. Are you enjoying it? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I've got, I've got a lot to learn. I, I, um, you know, I'm new to this. I'm, I've got a lot to learn on, uh, interviewing people, asking good questions. I've got a lot to learn on, on presence and, and speaking and, um, but it's going very well. We landed on the top rate. We were a top rated podcast in the first week, I believe. Um, we have, I think we, we have over 35 or 40 different, um, reviews, um, I don't know how many ratings we have, but we're a top rated podcast. So it's, uh, it's been going well, man. I love having conversations with guys like you, uh, just learning, seeing what their life's experience has been, what their life story is, and then helping relate that to how, um, it doesn't matter what we go through in life or where we come from in life. Um, our future is not dictated by our past. Uh, it is only dictated by what we learn from our past and what we're willing to implement right here, right now. And so we can always take um, anything from the past, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, and we can still live a, a fruitful and fulfilling future. Yeah. My, uh, one of my favorite things that I've heard and I've kind of adopted it, made it my own, but Ed Milet was on my show a couple of years ago. And he's known for saying life happens for us, not to yeah. us. Yeah. And, and it's so true. I mean, gratitude unfiltered is finding gratitude through life's most traumatic moments. It's being able to look back at our traumas and going, I'm grateful that happened because life genuinely does happen for us, yeah. but we have to decide for it to be that way. Absolutely. Not, not just because if it's so easy to look at our circumstances and go, why me? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Last night, um, hey Stephen Gordon, good to see you, buddy. Um, I was having a moment last night. I was, I look. I'll admit, like, yes, I love Jesus with all my heart. Yeah. I still got mad at God. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> how are you? That's Leela. <laughs> Too. The um, I guess you can't hear me. You have headphones. The, yeah, uh, yeah. But I got I was mad at God last night. So, mm. and so, and Jessica's trying to calm me down, and she's like, you know, being trying to be supportive, and I'm making it worse because I'm not budging on my my frustration. <laughs> and I kind of, and she was, t I mean, she's telling me everything the truth, and like, and I, and I know it's okay to be mad at God, and then God shows up, and. I knew it was just a phase and I was going to get past it, but I was genuinely angry because I felt like I've been doing everything the way that he wanted me to. And I wasn't seeing like, am I on the right path? Like I'm, I'm frustrated. Like you've given me all of these big dreams and I know in my heart that you showing me what's possible, but dead gummit, when's it going to happen? And I don't know if anyone that's watching or listening out there right now has been in that moment. But I kind of had one of those, where are you, God, moments. And then God showed up. <laughs> it was just the most amazing thing. I don't know why I brought this up other than to ask you, 
have you are you in this place now with everything you have going on your podcast the retreats now going into another location you have your family are you at are you where are you at in your journey of all right are you like are you cool with where you're at with god or has god put something on your heart that is so scary that it kind of freaks you out a little bit oh man that's such a good question um <clears throat> I would say that, excuse me, sorry. I would say that, I would say God is working on me. God is working on me. He, he gave me this vision for True North and Man Camp. And I believe that I, I answered the call. I was obedient. I've been obedient for the last five years. Um, and things are slowly coming to fruition, right? We, we, we got man camp lined out. We got true North lined out. We've got the podcast lined out, um, which is all going very well. But for me, I'm always wanting more. I always feel like I can do more. And some of that has to do with, uh, I think some of that has to do with my character, right? So I have to be careful because I want to take credit for things. I want to be recognized for things. And I think God kind of holds back the reins for me. So it's like right now I'm, I'm trying to think of what's next for true North. Yeah. Um, and I don't want it to be so small that Paul Beam can do it, you know, but I, I also know that when you think so big that it's like, Oh, I, I don't, is that you God? I don't know. And we, and we do know though, right? We do know that typically when, when big things come to mind and we feel it's impossible, that that's God moving. Right. So I think right now God just has me waiting because I don't have the next other than man camp and, and making that the absolute best that we can. And then the courses making that the best we can. And then the podcast making that the best we can. I don't have a definitive grand vision just yet. And I believe that's because God is still working on me. I believe that's still because and that's because he's still working on the organization. We're still fine tuning. We're still learning. We're still growing as an organization. We just had a board meeting uh, all weekend this past weekend. We lined out 2021. We're, we're trying to figure out growth for, for revenue. We're trying to figure out growth for the events, how to cap out all of the events and make sure that our process is duplicatable so that, um, you know, like the, the guys in Alaska, like they kind of already know what is needed because they've attended our events and I've worked very closely with them, but if we want to continue to expand this. So I will say that I do have this vision that, that we would host one man camp in every state. Um, yeah. And so, you know, starting with Alaska and then uh, I've got a gentleman in Seattle that would like to host uh, an event in Seattle as well. So, what we're trying to figure out right now is how to duplicate this process, how, how to document it so that we can tell people exactly what we require in order for us to be willing to come host an event for them, you know, because we need leadership in place. We need marketing in place. We need location in place, all that. And so I will say, yes, big vision for me is all 50 states. And I'm like, really? Can we host an event in all 50 states every year? You know, and so obviously I probably wouldn't be able to be present at every event uh, every year, you know, but so how, how can we make that work? Well, that's a God thing. 
Uh, so I do know that I want to continue to grow this and expand. I want to make an impact in men's lives because I believe that, that at the end of the day, if we can help men really, really identify who they are, we help them find their purpose. We help them figure out their identity and we help them create a compelling vision um, that they will begin to feel fulfilled. They will be more whole. And as a result, naturally, a byproduct of that is going to be their wives will be more fulfilled. Their families will be more fulfilled. Their communities, their, the, the people that they lead at work or their, their coworkers and so on and so forth. And it has this, uh, you know, this multiplied impact, right? This compounded interest, for lack of better words, I guess. Um, so I believe that it starts with men. I know that uh, some people have a heart for children and teenagers, especially. And I believe that that is another area that could use a significant uh, amount of energy and effort. Uh, but for me, I just feel like because of my life story, because of everything I've been through, everything I've learned, um, that I can speak to men. And I feel like that's what God has, has told me to do right now. So uh, I hope that answers your question. No, it does. It for sure does. And and I, I wasn't really for sure how I was even phrasing that question anyway. Because, um, you know, it is, I it, it's it's very interesting. I, with me, I've always been that, the big pie in the sky, the big grandiose vision, but then there was nothing small <laughs> to, like, grab onto. So it was just constant disappointment. And so one of the things that God, really had to work on me with is getting me to enjoy the present moment and the little things, 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 because I used to think I'm a home run hitter, but like every home run hitter, eventually you quit hitting home runs is frequently because you get older. Yeah. It, it was no different for me. And so then all of a sudden it's like, well, now I've got to go back and do the fundamentals. I've got to be, I got to get the base hit. I got to be able to bunt properly and so on. And I know I'm using sports terms, so for some people watching, you're like, what are you talking about? But bear with me. Um, the, the gist is, is, and I said this at the beginning, it was in my devotional this morning, is, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the little things. Enjoy the humble beginnings, the yeah. small beginnings. Do the little things right so yeah. that you can, you can really, really own and appreciate the big things and you don't squander it. You don't take it for granted. Yeah. I remember what it was like getting the big things handed to me pretty early. I didn't know what to do, but I wrecked it. I mean, I'd go, go to L.A. with over a million dollars, and I'm homeless in eight months. Wow. You know, that happens because I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't mature. Mm -hmm. I was a good steward of anything. <laughs> so how in the world was I going to be a good steward of that kind of money and that responsibility? But mm -hmm. God definitely puts us through the refining process, and I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one thing I believe he's been working on me with as well. And that word presence, right? Like you said, being present. Um, because I believe that we can we can get to this point where we feel like all we're supposed to be doing for God is going and working. And then it becomes a works works-based theology, right? which uh, to a degree. Um, and so at the end of the day, though, I believe that God wants us to, he wants us to be present in these moments, uh, 
whether that's in work, whether that's in adversity, whether that's with our families. And so I've really been conscious about trying to be more present, uh, especially with my family here lately, really just uh, lean into um, <clears throat> enjoying the, you know, the smaller moments. And I think God kind of, uh, he has a hand in that, right? Like I just had uh, surgery December 17th, right? So I really didn't have a choice because I was, I was laid up healing up from surgery uh, during the Christmas break, <laughs> uh, which is, is something that I wanted to do. I had it in my heart. I was like, I want to be present. I want to enjoy this season. Um, but I also know me and I can be the type that, man, I'll sit in there. I'll sit on the computer in my office, just doing work, trying to figure this step out or that step of this thing, that thing. But uh, God, uh, I think he had a hand in that surgery being December 17th because I was I was right here on the couch with all the family, just hanging out. Um, matter of fact, my wife and I we tried to do uh, we tried to do the twenty five days of Christmas movies, but you know life kind of gets in the way of that. Uh, but we we got a number of them in. Are there twenty five uh, so. Christmas movies? What's that? Are there twenty five Christmas movies? Oh yeah, I think there are. There, there's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a big Christmas movie fan. So <laughs> anyway, I didn't even know. Um, Man, so first of all, how do people find uh, your ministry? Sure. Uh, right now, our, our website, true-north-ministries.com, is one area they can go. Uh, you can go to Facebook as well. It's just True North Man on uh, Facebook. It's True North Man on Instagram as well. And then I actually post a lot of stuff on my personal page as well. So that's Paul Beam Official on Instagram and then Paul Beam. I want to say it's Paul Beam 81 on Facebook. It's been a while since I've looked at it though. Just punch in Paul Beam. Paul Beam, True North, you'll you'll find it. Um yeah, we 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 have our events. I, I do coaching as well. Um and, and then we'll have our courses and then we have our mastermind group that we host every week. Very cool. Listen, I am uh so honored that you gave us so much time. And uh, I love what you're doing and anything we can ever do to be of support to you, please let us know. Yeah, Josh, man, I appreciate it, brother. Uh, same with you guys, man. Um, anything we can do to support you guys, I'd love to do that. I appreciate you having me on today. appreciate uh, the audience taking time to listen to our message and uh, listen to us rap back and forth. Awesome, man. God bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. See you soon. Paul Beam, everybody. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you just joined us a little bit late, uh, this is a great interview. He had a great insight. Um, you can watch, go back and watch from the beginning, but I do appreciate each and every one of you that are here. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to broadcast. This is one of my favorite things in the world to do, and I'm humbled that I get this opportunity, and I just want to uh, speak favor over everyone's life that's watching and listening right now. And just thank you for the little things, God, because the little things are the setup for your big promises. And I, and I thank you for that. Um, anyone out there that's struggling with anything, you know, any type of anger or resentment, Lord, I just ask that you give them the courage just to surrender it to you. Because ultimately, that shame, that anger, that hurt, that's not theirs to hang on to. So, Father, I just ask that you give them the courage just to say, I surrender this to you. I trust you with this more than because it's not serving me well anymore. Lord, I thank you so much for, um, 
again, the opportunity to be here and, and all of the people that are watching and supporting um, our dreams and visions, Lord. Um, and Lord, I just also ask that, um, you know, you give, you give people that right now, part of the reason why I want you to give the encourage, the encouragement to, to surrender over worries and pains and anxieties and fears is so that they can have peace. Because sometimes when we don't have peace, it's hard to see your promises. It's hard to see what you have available for us. And so I ask that you, that if anything, you give them the courage to surrender so that they can have peace. So then you can begin to really work in their lives. Father, thank you. We love you. And um, thank you for this broadcast. And bless everyone that's watching now. All right, guys, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for being here. God bless you. If you guys need prayer uh, or anything, if I can support you in any way, uh, please reach out. Thank you for those of you who are supporting uh, this ministry. We thank you very, very much. Um, where to go? I was trying to do something here. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, who has supported um, our ministry. It, it's mean the world to me. And um, you guys have an amazing day. Be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Take care. Thank you.